Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. Today's topic is ladder safety for work in the holidays. So today we have Dave Dennison with us, and Dave's been with us before. To give you a little bit of information on Dave, he's been involved in safety and compliance for nearly 30 years in his career. Following service as a flight medic with the U.S. Army 82nd Airborne and seeing combat in Granada, he became a firefighter and paramedic. Ending his active service in 2015 with the Plain Township Fire Department, as well as serving the Stark County Hazmat Team as a technician. Dave has been a safety manager and a director, a couple of manufacturing industries, and a few food manufacturing facility, and most recently for a large union commercial industrial construction firm. He is also past chairman of the Stark County Safety Council and the Stark County Local Emergency Planning Committee, the LEPC, where he still serves as chairman of the Compliance and Enforcement Subcommittee. Dave is now the end user safety specialist for Flattery Sales, representing Werner Ladders and Werner Fall Protection in Ohio and surrounding states. He's the go-to resource for them on applications and equipment needs, issues, and provides training in various subjects. Dave, thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Just a little background on me. She covered the bases, and it makes me sound really impressive. Sometimes people like to throw around that word expert, and I am in no way, shape, or form an expert. Everything in safety is constantly changing, and we have to stay up to speed on those changes, not only with standards and good work practices, but also with available equipment and options in that area. So what I'm trying to say is I'm really not here today to do a commercial. Although I work for Werner, and we are the leader in ladders as far as the market share that we have in fall protection. 95% of the information you're going to get today is specific to standards and general knowledge. I will a couple of times take an opportunity to point out some differences in our equipment so that if you are in a specification or purchasing type role, you're comparing apples to apples. If there's questions, I don't have a problem with having those questions throughout the program, but I think probably in the interest of time, it's easier to do those towards the end. So whether you bring them up live via audio or you do it through the, uh, the chat box, either way is fine with me. Any questions before we get started? All right, moving on then. One thing you get with the Werner Company that you don't necessarily get with our competition is a dedicated partner for life. And one of the things that we offer as a value-add service is folks like me that can come out to your facility, um, handle audits, assist you with equipment inspections, and also your training needs for ladders and fall protection. So we're going to break this program into three sections, and I'll try to run through it as quickly as possible. We have a few slides on some culture some things, uh, photos that have been taken of folks that are not exactly doing things correctly or doing them the best possible way. Then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of some statistics, what's required for inspections, how to properly select and use ladders. And then my last few slides are some newer products you may or may not be aware of that not only help make you more efficient and your job safer, but also help with compliance. So in that culture area, our first slide here shows, as you can tell in the background, a pretty small construction site there, right? Not a whole lot going on. We've got our team of six. Uh, They put on their PPE, which is a term that we've heard a whole lot more recently than ever before. They did a team lift on that form wall panel, so nobody got hurt as far as overexertion, and they're getting ready to start their day. But unfortunately, we've also got folks like this in the workplace. Now, these next few slides, a couple of them I took myself. Some of them were sent by colleagues, and some I borrowed off the Internet. But the point here is, 
people sometimes will take bad habits or inappropriate conduct that they have at home and they bring it to work or vice versa. And a good example of that is getting ready to put up Christmas decorations here shortly. Rather than grab that ladder, we'll grab the chair, stand up and put up the garland around the fireplace or whatever. And unfortunately, then we go to work, we tend to do the same thing. Habits become habits. And so a lot of times also people will do something when they think that no one's going to see them. It's only going to take a minute. I'm out behind the building. The chance of anybody catching me, i.e. OSHA or management, um, you know, they think they're going to get away with it. But in this photo here, this gentleman's in the main concourse at the Chicago O'Hare Airport. So if he's trying to hide, he's doing a really bad job. And if anyone has had recent OSHA training, and I'm not really here to speak a lot on OSHA today, but you're now to a point where your single uh, violations first occurrence is in excess of $13,500 per occurrence per day. And just in this photograph, we have two obvious violations. One is standing on the top of the ladder and immediately under and adjacent to the ladder is that puddle of water, which becomes a walking, working surfaces issue. So this employee has subjected himself not only to a serious injury potential, but also his employer to an excess of a $26,000 citation and fine. How about these guys? This was a, a couple of workers that apparently thought their best action was to lift the ladder from one end while the second worker climbed up. I don't think it was just coincidence that they met at the middle of the stairway. Um, I think this was their plan. And I can almost guarantee you the gentleman in the white T-shirt that's on the ladder is thinking his fall potential is about four feet because that's all the higher he climbed up his ladder. But if he took, falls to his left or towards us in that photograph, he's going over the railing and down approximately 12 feet onto a stairway. So not only a significant distance to fall, but not a comfortable or, or good landing surface. And again, this is where we get into trouble. And folks sometimes um, over or underestimate, I should say, that height as to what the risk is and think it's only going to be a problem if they're at extreme height. And that's not true at all. And I'll show you an example of that here shortly. You can see the gentleman here at the bottom is all glad to have his picture taken. Unfortunately, once again, they've subjected themselves to some serious injury potential, possibly fatality, and his company to some financial penalties. This one just blew my mind. I saw this it was actually over in Europe, and this gentleman was changing light bulbs out on a highway. And um, I think he would have been a lot more efficient and a lot safer if he'd had a bucket truck or an aerial lift as opposed to this. Uh, homemade type of ladder uh, simulated piece of equipment. In no way is that a safe thing to be climbing. And I question how long did it take him to build that? He might have had eight, 10 light bulbs done already rather than spend a good portion of his day constructing that uh, nice piece of firewood he's got there. We use a phrase at Warner called work like you would walk the traffic side. And what we mean by that is for those of you that have small children or grandchildren and that time's coming soon where that white stuff's going to start to accumulate on the ground here in Ohio. And that means the sidewalks may be uh, obstructed or, or um, slip and fall hazards there. So we tend to go around. And if you're going to walk on the road, we would certainly hope that you're going to put that child farthest from the hazard where you can keep an eye on the situation. And what we're trying to drive there is, Look at your employees the same way, and I'm not saying treat them like small children, although everybody has that one or two that probably fall into that category. But if you keep an eye on them, they keep an eye on you, and hopefully we make an attempt to correct inappropriate and unsafe behavior before it becomes an issue. No one wants to wake up tomorrow and look in the mirror and say, wow, yesterday I walked past Bob, and I apologize if anyone's named Bob. I just always use that name. 
And, you know, he was standing on top of that stepladder, and I walked by and didn't do anything, and I just heard today he fell, and now he's paralyzed. And I maybe could have changed that outcome. And it takes a second to try to correct that behavior, and, you know, if we can prevent an injury or, God forbid, a fatality, it's well worth the time and effort. Here's another example of a gentleman who's probably thinking his fall potential is about five feet because that's all the higher he went up the ladder, but he's got a 10 to 12 foot stairwell below him. And it also brings up the point, can we legally lean a stepladder into a wall and use it as a straight ladder? And in most cases, the answer to that question is going to be no. There are some specific products now out there uh, by Werner and a couple of our competitors that address that issue and do make it okay as long as they're properly used. And we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. When I first got this one sent to me a few years ago, I thought I've seen this so many times. The ladder in mobile equipment is a uh, as a support base. And I thought at first this was a gentleman working on a street light. And then I realized what's sticking out there in the air is not a light. That's a second person's leg. So there's actually two people up there. That's an aluminum ladder, which in most cases is going to max out a 250-pound capacity. So unless these guys are 125 pounds each or less, they're over capacity. OSHA does not allow for more than one climber unless the ladder is specifically designed for multiple climbers. And a extension or straight ladder is not. Um, so really the only thing they're doing right here is the one gentleman's got a hard hat on. We'll give him a score of one out of 100. Um, mobile equipment cannot be used to raise and lower people or equipment as climbing equipment. You can use it for supplies only. Another example here of the MacGyverisms that people will attempt to do in the field. Couldn't reach with the first ladder, so we just stacked the second ladder on top. Now, I give them credit for having a coworker steady the bottom ladder, but as you see that top ladder, it's starting to already lean, and if it disengages and comes down, the guy on the bottom is going to have that ladder on top of it uh, and no time to react. This one you've probably seen all over the Internet. Aluminum ladder, which is a conductive product in a swimming pool with a corded power tool. Now, what could possibly go wrong here? If he drops that drill, at minimum, he gets a new hairstyle. And maximum could be a fatality via electrocution, not only for himself, but anyone else that's in contact with that water if they're not protected with a GFCI outlet. But he's wearing eye protection, so again, we'll give him one out of 100 on his score. This one blew my mind. I watched this take place about a year and a half ago in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was at a construction site in a trailer with about 16 journeymen teaching this exact program. And as I'm watching out the window, about a block and a half down the street, this guy you see pulls up by himself in a pickup truck, took the first ladder off the rack, put it in the bobcat, lifted it up, and did not actually see him ascend the ladder, but he was all by himself. So somehow he got the second ladder up the tree, into the tree, and he's actually topping that tree off. And I really wish I could have got this on video because about 30 seconds after I snapped this photo on my phone, the top of that tree came down and the bottom ladder was shattered into probably 100 or more pieces. The tree rocked back to the point where the ladder he is standing on, which was not in any way secured to the tree, was almost straight up and down. And by the grace of God, he didn't come out of the tree. And the two guys that were in the front row that were watching kind of with me out the window as I was talking, we all got up and started heading for the door. And as we got down the steps, another pickup truck pulled up with another worker with another ladder who was able to put his ladder up and let the gentleman descend out of the tree. So the only thing we figured out is God was watching over him. He didn't get hurt, didn't get killed, and he must be a game show fan because he understand, understands the concept of 
lifeline, phone a friend, get out of the tree. Um, but again, absolutely unsafe, improper, and I can't point to any one thing he did here that's correct. And these are the things people do when they really get pressed to get the job done without proper training and equipment. Another example of the ladder in the bucket, no fall protection. And here on this one, to the right-hand side, one of my personal favorites, you'll see the 12-foot extension ladder, I'm sorry, step ladder, up on top of four Home Depot buckets as spacers. And I'm going to ask the question, what are Home Depot buckets rated for? And the answer to that question, there's only one correct answer, and it's they're rated for five gallons. They are not rated as a weight-bearing spacer. Um, the picture below that, I do not recommend the wheelbarrow method for fall protection. I've seen this done not quite the same way from the feet, but I've seen people try to hold someone's belt when they lean over the edge. To the far left, you see the two gentlemen there, and that is not an optical illusion. I look very closely. That's a worker standing on the top of a five-foot stepladder, and I'll give him credit. He's providing a very nice level surface for his buddy to stand on, but I'm not quite sure how they even got into that position, and I really don't want to know. I'm glad I didn't observe that firsthand. And then in the middle is the uh, OSHA VPP banner. So the 1% of companies that actually reach that certification and get that, that star banner to put up, this gentleman apparently missed a couple classes because one foot on the railing, one foot on the fork truck as his climbing platform uh, doesn't really meet the criteria. And I'm sure if OSHA would have found out about that, they may have reversed their decision on granting them star status. So that's our culture. And again, I just want to drive the point, you know, what people do at home, at work. And the other problem is when folks um, do something that's incorrect or inappropriate and it's not corrected, well, then all of a sudden you start to get that attitude within the workforce of, hey, Bob did it. Nobody said anything, so it must be OK. I'll, I'll do the same thing. And it's almost like a cancer and it grows from there. Any questions on anything we've covered so far? All right, moving on. Again, real quick commercial, Werner is a uh, the only manufacturer in the U.S. that is fall protection and climbing products from one source. And we don't just make standard extension and step ladders. We've got a lot of different specialty type ladders, as you see here in the photograph, as well as a full line of climbing and safety products uh, for fall protection. Um, so if you need anything, reach out to us. little trivia question for you here. If you're ever on Jeopardy and you get this question, remember who gave you the answer. How many ladders does Werner make in a single day? 23,000. So we have a worldwide market share of over 75%. So we are the leader in the industry. All right. Uh, thus ends my commercial. Now we'll get into a little bit of statistics. Roughly 2,000 reported ladder injuries occur in the U.S. every day. And I'm going to tell you that's an underreported number because the small mom and pop type companies, self-employed folks, let's say it's a siding installer, steps off that ladder, twists an ankle. Does that get reported? Uh, maybe to the bartender, uh, but that's probably it. And so OSHA and BWC and other other agencies do not get that information. So I'm going to tell you that number is probably double to triple that. More alarming to me, though, was 364 fatalities. And weirdly, that number has been identical two years in a row now. 2018, 2019, we killed one person every day directly related to ladder, either misuse or um, substandard ladders, broken ladders. So So if that number holds up, somebody somewhere in the U.S. today is going to be a fatality, and that shouldn't be occurring. This is the other thing I alluded to a little bit earlier, six to ten feet. And I can't see everyone today, but 
if, if I was in a room with all of you together and I said, show of hands, how many folks have been on a ladder between four and 10 feet off the ground in the last 30 days, there'd be some hands go up. If I then said that that same group, how many of you were above 50 feet, almost no hands would go up. Point is a lot of folks work in that low height range, four to 10 feet. Not as many working at extreme heights like wind turbine and telecommunications workers and iron workers doing steel erections. So we get that false sense of security that if I fall, well, I might get a minor injury, but it won't be a big deal. There's a couple things that factor into that, though. Number one, humans are top heavy by design. And then as we get older, typically we get to be a little more portly like myself. And so we're even more top heavy. And then we do something where we put ourselves in a posture that lends to that accident or the occurrence. And that's what we're going to go to next is the two most common causes of ladder accidents. Number one, first and foremost, is the overreach. I got one more window. Well, rather than come down and move my ladder over, I'm just going to stretch over. And so suddenly we see the person leaning over one way and the leg goes out the other way as a counterbalance and they look like they're a circus act. And that's when they're in that posture where if they do slip or for some reason lose their balance, they're already leaning towards that head down position. So they wind up going into the ground head first. Massive head trauma, spinal and cervical injuries, in some cases fatalities. Now the second one, for some reason this happens more often on straight and extension ladders than step ladders. And as a former firefighter, I'll say it's happened to me several times. And again, if I was going around the room and said, has this ever happened to anyone? And people were honest, I'll guarantee you there's folks in our audience that have done this. Question? I saw a hand up. Okay. Um, if you're coming down the ladder and for whatever reason you're distracted and or you're just not paying attention, you think you're at that bottom rung, but you're not. You step back and all of a sudden you're trying to stand on air. Um, doesn't work very well. I always ask if there's anyone in the audience that can stand on air because if you're out there, I'm going to take you to church with me Sunday. We've been looking for you for quite a while. Point is air doesn't support us. And so it happens to firefighters because we're coming down, our mask is fogged, there's still steam and smoke generated from the fire or what's remaining of the fire, and we can't see the ground. Well, when folks are descending, what we teach now at the Ohio Fire Academies is firefighters will yell out to their coworker if they see someone coming down a ladder, start counting the rungs backwards for them. Yell it out so they can hear you. Four, three, two, one, ground. Requires no special training, no equipment cost no real training time, and yet if we can provide uh, a, a means of preventing that accident, it's very simple to do that. Now, I don't know if this is going to come through correctly. I hope so. This is actually a live broadcast that went out on QVC about three years ago, and I have to remind, I'm reminded by our legal department, this was not a Werner product that they were demonstrating, but it really wasn't the latter that was the problem, and hopefully this will play. You'll see he's ascending the ladder. He's now at five feet, six feet, simulating a cleaning process, starts to descend. And sadly, what you just witnessed, folks, was a fatality. He came down backwards. If you notice, the first thing that hit the floor was his head. And uh, two days after that incident, he succumbed from a massive skull fracture and left a wife and three children behind. Now, this is a weird situation because this was never recorded as an OSHA statistic because 
television and movie production is exempted from all OSHA. So because this was TV, it didn't count. Well, unfortunately, I'm sure it counted to his family. The main point I'm trying to drive here is five feet. He was at a five-foot height, and that's a fatal incident. You can find that on YouTube, by the way, if you want to use that in your training programs. Dave, I just want to add right there, it just reminds me of the need for situational awareness all the time. Because he's probably done it a million times, and he just jumped up excited. He's on TV, and then that's it. It's just common sense, yes, but wow, that's just, I'm speechless. That's that's crazy. That's exactly why we hear the same thing over and over and over again, to get it in our awareness and our conscious awareness so we don't have that one mistake that costs everything. So thanks for that video. Oh, you're right, Mike. And the other thing, remember, this is a setting where he would have been doing this at home if it wasn't a TV commercial. This is things we do at the house that don't necessarily come under the scrutiny of our safety professionals at work. And this is where those bad habits transfer from work to home or vice versa and can become a real big problem. Things I get a lot is folks, will, yeah, there's always that one or two people that'll say, well, if the guy falls or girl, they get hurt. And that's true. The physical injury is theirs. But you're right. It carries over to the family. They're off work for an extended period of time. Maybe they can never go back. And so now you've got the financial impact of the family. You've also got the financial impact of the company if they get cited or the medical costs, the workers' comp costs. And then on top of that, if their accident rate starts to get high enough and they're looking at other future work, they may now start to get to the point where they hit the do not bid list because their total recordable incident rates get too high. So now it can affect a couple of hundred employees where one, I like to use the term knucklehead, created the initial problem. This next slide we've got up here happens to be 2018. That's the latest stats that are still out. But you'll see out of the top 10 most cited violations by OSHA in construction and maintenance type trades, that number one, and it has been for years and years, is fall protection. Scaffolding is number three, ladders number six, and fall protection training number eight. And where I'm going with this is if we fix our working at height issues, we've knocked four of the top 10 off the list. That's a 40% reduction in hazard by fixing essentially one issue, one problem. So something we should pay a lot of attention to if we have those needs in the workplace. Now, it gets confusing because there's a lot of standards that OSHA has out there in the CFRs. But what OSHA typically does is they their standards are mainly written for the behavior and the process, not the actual equipment. When the equipment is, is manufactured, it's normally looked at by one of four groups. ANSI, American National Standards Institute, happens to be who handles ladders and fall protection. Then you've got NIOSH, you've got the Underwriters Lab, UL, and you've got the NFPA. Now, the weird thing, though, is OSHA does have two standards for ladders, one for metal ladders and one for wooden ladders. You'll notice the top of my slide there says fiberglass. Which one is that? Is fiberglass wood or metal? Kind of a trick question, but the answer is it's neither. But essentially, fiberglass has taken the place of wood. You don't see many wooden ladders out there anymore. There is still one major manufacturer that's making a few, and they make them out of white ash. And the ash trees have been decimated by the borer beetles. So the wood's gotten expensive. Wood is extremely heavy. And it doesn't transport or weather well. You put it on a truck and bounce it down the road, the joints start to come loose pretty quickly. I'm not saying it's a bad choice or bad product, but for the expense and the weight, there's a better choice. So fiberglass has kind of taken its place. But OSHA hasn't quite caught up yet. It's been 40 years that we've had fiberglass ladders. We still don't have a fiberglass ladder standard via OSHA. However, not, I'm sorry, ANSI has addressed it. So don't rest assured they're being made to a high standard. Now, the differences are 
Fiberglass has a little better impact durability. If you pull it off of a ladder rack on a truck and bang it on the tailgate or the bumper, it doesn't dent or kink where aluminum will. And once it's dented, it usually can't be repaired, and that ladder's going to have to be taken out of service and either repaired or replaced. So you've got that advantage. However, fiberglass is typically heavier um, and a little higher cost than aluminum. Aluminum is favored by the decorating trades, as you see in the lower photo there. Lightweight, easy to move, a little easier to clean. You can use solvents with proper protective equipment to clean the ladder off. But, as you remember our buddy earlier in the swimming pool, it's a conductive ladder. And therefore, most general contractors and construction site managers do not allow them on job sites because of that possible electrocution hazard. So you've got to look hard at your, at your actual need and whether it's allowed. The other thing I'll bring up one more time is aluminum ladders normally top out at about 250-pound capacity. And that becomes a real issue in construction, and you'll see why here in a couple of slides. This slide you can download, and by the way, WernerCo.com. -E Our website has a lot of download information and some training information that you're welcome to take and use. Uh, this chart you can download to help your workers determine the proper height that they need for a ladder. With step ladders, all manufacturers basically sell them the same way. They sell them by total length. So a six-foot ladder, when it's folded up, is six-foot long. But on a step ladder, we can't use all six feet because we're not permitted to stand on the top cap, which isn't even called a step, or the top step. And the ANSI requirement requires that all manufacturers put a label or some type of identifier on that top step that says, danger, do not stand on or above this point. So with a six-foot ladder, we can safely climb to a maximum height of four foot. Any step ladder, take your maximum length or total length, deduct two foot, and if you're one step down, not including the top, you're at the highest possible safe height to climb. So you'll notice the chart down below. If I need to reach that eight foot working height, assuming a six foot tall worker, I would need a four foot step ladder because that would allow me to climb to a height of two foot and then with my six foot body length, I'd reach my eight foot working height with then about a 12 inch arm reach as my variance. The same principle applies to a point with extension ladders. They are sold as total length. However, if we think of one of the most common sizes, a 24 foot two section ladder, when it's fully extended, do we get the use of all 24 foot? And the answer is no. And the main reason is the overlap of the ladder. Most manufacturers, it's going to be three to four foot. So your 24-foot ladder fully extended goes out to 21 foot. But then we also, just like the step ladder, can't climb all the way to the top rung. And we've got that little bit of height we lose in the angle, as you see in the diagram there below. I'm not going to insult your intelligence and read every line and every dimension here. Again, the point is, if you need to reach that working height, look at the chart or do the rule of thumb on your step ladder and make sure the ladder reaches high enough that you can safely use it as a supporting platform. Now, going back to what we were talking about with weight, ANSI recognizes five weight categories, 200, 225, 250. That's primarily your DIY, do-it-yourself, home-use ladders. 250 is where you will see a lot of aluminum ladders top out. Your ANSI Type 1A, 300-pound, Type 1AA, 375 is what you see most in construction and in industry and commercial use. Now, the color scheme you see on that chart is not an ANSI program, and it's not mandatory. That is a Werner program. Every orange ladder we make is 300 pounds. Every yellow ladder we make is 375 pounds. Makes it easier for the workforce and for supervision 
and compliance to be able to tell from a distance what that ladder capacity is. It is also clearly marked on the label, which by the way is required to be on the ladder and legible. And we'll talk more about that again. The biggest point I want to drive here with the weight is it is not the worker's naked weight that they got out of the shower at this morning. If I was going to change careers and become a roofer, and my first task today was to grab a bundle of shingles and take it to the roof, I can't use that 300-pound ladder. I go about 210 pounds. Bundle of shingles is roughly 75. So I'm at 285, and I haven't put on my steel-toed shoes, my work clothes, my car hearts, my tool belt with all my 30, 40 pounds of gear. I'd be over the 300 pounds. Now, I'm not telling you at 301, the ladder's going to fail. There is a safety factor built in. But we don't even share that information. Werner doesn't share it even with folks like me because we know that once that information hits public knowledge, it's the same concept of go out to the car dealership today, buy yourself a brand new 5.0 liter Mustang where the speedometer says 160 miles an hour. And what are most people going to try to do at least once? We want to see what it can do. And so if we tell you that ladder's got a 300 pound capacity, but you could probably use it to 375, what's somebody going to do? They're going to push that limit and then it becomes either an injury or a liability situation. So again, make sure your folks are aware that it's total weight. Same, by the way, in aerial lifts and other equipment and with your fall protection harnesses and equipment. It's the person's total weight they're supporting and suspending, not just their body weight. All right, <clears throat> inspections. What does OSHA say regarding inspections? Essentially, the standard says we must inspect our ladders in two different times. One is pre-use. The user of the ladder must visually inspect the ladder prior to each use to make sure that it's safe to use. Now, that is not currently a documentation requirement by OSHA. Some employers do have a program in place with a checklist or a sticker. Most do not. Um, however, there is a documented inspection that should be completed, and the OSHA standard says regularly. That's a little ambiguous, and so what they have now said is it's at least once a year, but recommended twice a year for construction and maintenance-type operations. We're looking at the same things during the inspections. It's just during that regular inspection, it should be documented so you have proof that it was done. Again, this form is available on our website. You'll see that it covers not just our basic-type uh, step and extension ladders, but our specialty ladders and scaffolding products as well. Single form, fill it out. Note the defects. If there are any, get them repaired or replaced and move on. And that way, if OSHA would come in post-incident or during an audit, you've got proof that you completed your inspections. If your company owns 50 ladders and you get caught with no inspection, that's $13,500 times 50. I'm not great at math. If I was, I'd be an accountant, not in safety. So whoever the math wizard is can punch up those numbers and figure out how expensive that would be for you. To do the inspection, and we'll start out with a step ladder. Um, at Werner, we call it the walk it down method. So we start at the top. And by the way, you'll notice it says holster top. We were the first manufacturer to come out with that mini tool type top that you can have a couple of slots there for a screwdriver, maybe a set of diagonal pliers or some uh, wrench, some small parts. And again, it helps with your efficiency and helps keep your hands free so you can steady yourself and maintain good posture and position on the ladder. If the top's in good condition, we start working our way down. The next thing we look at is labels. The ANSI standard says all labels placed by the manufacturer must be present and 100% legible. That means that they've been scratched up, sun faded, they got paint over spray on them, drywall mud, whatever the case may be. They either need to be cleaned or replaced. 
If they are not 100% legible, that ladder legally and technically has to be removed from service until it's been uh, repaired. Labels for Werner products can be obtained through your distributors for about 75 cents per label, so it's not an expensive process. Um, if the labels are intact, I start working my way down. Look at the side rails. Grab the edges with your hand and try to kind of roll that edge and see if it cracks or splinters. And we'll talk a little bit more about rails here in a moment. Look at your steps. Are they intact? Anything dented or bent or creased? Same thing with corner braces. Um, you'll notice on this Warner ladder, which happens to be one of our standard six footers, that for every step, there's a corresponding horizontal brace on the back rail system. Some of our competition doesn't do that. They may have a six foot ladder with only two horizontal braces. And that's where as you climb, it starts to feel like it wiggles and shakes a little bit. You get a more stable product with us. Um, and that same principle applies all the way up into our 14 foot ladder. You don't notice that that instability so much at the lower heights. But when you start climbing higher and that ladder starts to feel like it's wiggling around a little bit, it's because it doesn't have that extra bracing. You'll also notice our steps have corner braces on every step. Last thing is your spreader bars. Make sure that they're intact, that they do lock into position. They're not bent or twisted. And again, it's hard to see here, but a few years ago, Werner started putting our spreader bars on the inside of the rail. So when the ladder's folded up, they are protected. Some manufacturers are still putting them on the outside, particularly in your less expensive models. And that's where when you're pulling it off of a rack, it gets caught, which then bends that brace out. I've seen ladders where the, the uh, spreader bars almost look like a television antenna. They're bent out at about 45 degrees, like they're trying to pick up channel 43. Um, and that doesn't work. Again, that makes the ladder unstable. Also check your feet. Make sure that all your non-skid pads, all four feet, are intact and firmly attached. So walk from the top to the bottom, inspect your ladder. It literally takes a minute, minute and a half once you get used to the process. Now, same thing applies on an extension ladder, except we add a few more components. We have our slide guides, our halyard rope and pulley, and the locking dogs for extension. And if they're intact and everything's working, basically same process. Top to bottom, look for your labels, make sure everything's intact, the rungs aren't bent, the feet are in good shape, and you're good to go. One thing I do want to mention here, the halyard rope and pulley. There's a lot of questions sometimes. Is Do I have to use the rope to raise and lower the ladder? And the answer is, according to OSHA, no. It is recommended by the manufacturers, however, that you do so to keep your fingers out of the pinch points where that ladder slides up and down. But OSHA has not cited anyone ever for not using the rope. However, you cannot remove it. I had a company in Michigan just a few weeks back that drilled the rivets out of that little pulley system and slid it over to the side of the rung because the guys were complaining that they were catching their toes on them. And um, I'm not sure that's really a valid point because the, it's their climbing technique that was causing the problem. But OSHA found that and they had four ladders on site and got cited four occurrences at 13,000 plus per occurrence because they slid the pulleys over to the right-hand side of the ladder. So again, I'll caution you, do not modify or repair a ladder in any way without written permission from the manufacturer or if you're doing a repair you're using parts obtained from that manufacturer do not use any third-party parts or it not only avoids your warranty it voids the ANSI certification so one real quick rundown here to walk through that inspection we look at the top of the ladder anything cracked loose or missing the rails anything cracked bent split or frayed Steps, loose, crack, bent, or missing. Spreader bars, loose, bent, or broken. You'll see the photo here has one bent spreader bar and the one that's missing. So, ah, we just put a piece of nylon strap in there and tied a knot and called it good. Unfortunately, no. And that ladder also shows that most of the labels have been 
severely damaged. Uh, the feet, you know, your braces, shoes, everything's intact. And in general, any signs of rust, corrosion, loose components, or heat damage. How many things have to be wrong with a ladder to fail the inspection and remove it from service? One, any one. Now, that doesn't mean you have to get rid of it. If it's just a sticker, tag it, do not use, and have that sticker replaced and you're back in business. If you have a ladder that's going to be disposed of, it needs to be destroyed beyond point where it could be used. It's the same case law here that um, many of us that are older remember back when we had cartoons only on Saturday on three channels and they had a lot of public safety stuff that went on and during those commercial times. And when you used to be able to put a refrigerator on the curb and the, and the refuse folks would take them, one of the things they always stressed was take the door off, chain it closed, somehow secure it so a sm small child can't get inside and become trapped. It's the same case law with ladders and, by the way, also fall protection. If your company name is on it, you throw it in the dumpster, someone comes along and takes it home, the ladder fails and they fall and get hurt or get killed. If your name is on it, you're liable. You left it in a place where they could gain access to it. And that puts you in the liability seat. We can address questions on that if there are any towards the end. This just shows an example of some of the different labels that go on the ladders. Again, these are all required by ANSI. ANSI does not make it specific that it has to be this exact diagram, but they do have a list of what has to go on there as far as information. It's somewhat like years ago when we had MSDS sheets and then we switched over to SDS and they've standardized it quite a bit to make them look similar. We're getting there, but again, labels, and I'll go to the next one here. You'll see our labels where at the top in a color-coded section to match the color of the ladder, you see the maximum capacity. ANSI says that has to be there, but we could make that in much smaller print, put it towards the bottom. There's no standardizing of the format. On our labels also, you'll see the, mac the uh, ladder length and the maximum safe climbing height is also clearly marked on this side label. Now, one other thing on rails, this is a condition we call feathering. And these ladders you can see have been outdoors in use between weather and sun, ultraviolet light, they are starting to degrade. And that's the one downside to fiberglass is they do wear out over time. The ladder in the left-hand picture that's straight up and down is about two years old. Top right is about three and the bottom right is about five. And all of those did pass inspection, although they don't look pretty. Um, they, they're structurally sound. The integrity is there. That bottom one you can see starting to pit out pretty good. I'm going to say in another six months or so, it's going to get brittle to where it'll start to crack when you pull on it. The point being though, two things. Number one, if you've ever run your hand up one of these type ladders that's got this rough surface, you get those small little fiberglass splinters in your fingers, which is a real pain. And I don't, no pun intended there. So what Werner will allow, and, and not only do we allow, we strongly recommend is that when you do your regular inspection, Recoat your fiberglass ladders with clear polyurethane. Take a spray can or a four-inch roller, lay the ladder on its side. We're not worried about the inside surfaces so much. It's just those outside exposed edges. And that not only will prolong the life of the ladder, but it reseals it to where you won't get those little splinters out of it. And by the way, it helps to protect and preserve the labels. All right. So once we get the inspection done, we know we're safe to use the ladder. If it's not safe to use, it needs to be tagged and returned to your company and follow your own process for repair and replacement. Some companies will repair ladders. Some choose not to take on that liability, and it depends sometimes on what's involved. Um, with Werner, for example, on a step ladder, we will sell you every component as a replacement part except for a step or the side rail. I'm sorry, the side rails or the top cap. 
the steps, the braces, the locking bars, the feet can all be replaced if you want to take the time and have someone do it to our uh, instruction. You can order those repair kits and they come with very clear uh, construct instructions on how to apply those parts. So a couple of things to review here as we're looking at this gentleman. This is what I was talking about earlier with overreach. He's a classic example. He's cleaning windows. He's only maintaining two points of contact right now. He's already leaning far to his left. If he loses his balance, if his right hand slips, he's going head first down, going to become part of the concrete Olympic floor diving team. Unfortunately, that's usually a posthumous gold medal. But there are some things that OSHA says we must do with ladders. Number one, you must always face the ladder when climbing and descending. You must maintain three points of contact. Your points of contact are basically your two hands and your two feet. Your elbows, your shins, yeah, your forearms don't count. Um, you cannot work backwards on a ladder because there's no way to turn around and maintain the three points of contact. You cannot stand on the top two steps or more accurately the top cap and the top step of a step ladder. No sitting on the ladder, no straddling the ladder. And the last thing I always teach is belly button method. Um, I used to teach the belt buckle method, but nowadays young folks don't wear belts all the time. So keep your belly button or your belt buckle between the two rails of your ladder and you're in a good safe location. It's when your belly button, and if again, you look at our gentleman here, his belly button is past that ladder rail working to his left. He's in a real dangerous situation there. Now, there are some differences with ladders. And although the world is becoming more and more equal all the time, and I'm all in favor of that, ladders are not created equal. There are some things that we can do with step ladders that we can't do with extension and straight ladders and vice versa. One of the things I do want to remind people is when you look at a piece of equipment, OSHA always says, look at manufacturer's instructions first. And when it comes to ladders and fall protection, then refer to your ANSI standards and then the OSHA standard. They all have to be followed. But where they're going to catch you a lot of times is, for example, step ladders. Any manufacturer that I've looked at in the U.S. will tell you step ladders can only be entered and exited from the ground. So if I have a platform in a, in a manufacturing plant, let's say that's three foot off the ground and I need to get up onto that surface, I can't set my six or eight foot step ladder adjacent to it, climb up three or four feet and step off to the side because you're side pushing off that ladder and it's really not designed for that. The stability's not there. So your step ladder can basically be used to climb up and down. You cannot exit the ladder anywhere but the ground. If you're going to exit to a higher surface, like you see in this diagram, you need a straight ladder. And if you're gonna ascend that ladder and get off at the top, it must extend at least three foot, but no more than four foot above that top edge uh, egress surface. And the reason is we want you to have that three or four feet sticking up so you can hang on to the ladder and have good control of your body and stability as you get on and off the ladder. OSHA and ANSI both allow you to use the rung spacing as your guide. So the space between each rung is approximately a foot. Typically, it's 11.3 to 12.2 inches. So in this diagram, we see that gentleman's going up. He's got the fourth rung sticking up above. He's in a good, good um, extension dimension there. We also have to pay attention to that four to one climbing angle. What I mean is for every four foot the ladder's going up in the air, it has to come away from the wall or supporting structure of foot to create that proper angle. And that's all about physics. And I'm not Sheldon Cooper, I'm not a physicist. I do stay at Holiday Inn Express sometimes, so maybe there's a little trade off. But the point is when you have the proper angle on your ladder, you're putting the right amount of weight distribution on those feet to hold it stable as long as it's on a level firm surface. 
And remember that it has to be level and firm. So one of the things you can do is look at your ladder. Most manufacturers now are making the rungs with a flat top. So it's a little better ergonomics, a little more comfortable. If your rung is parallel to the ground, you're in a pretty good place. But one of the other tricks we teach firefighters is set your ladder to where you think you're at the appropriate angle. Put your toes right up against the rails at the bottom of the ground there where the feet are and extend your arms straight out in front of you. And the rung that's closest to your chest, your palms should fall on. If your palms are inside the ladder rungs, you're too steep of an angle. And now you have that risk of the ladder falling backwards away from the structure like John Belushi in the Animal House movie. If your angle is too shallow and your hands don't even reach into the ladder, then you have a, a severe risk of bottom kick out where the bottom slides away from the building or the supporting structure and you start to ride the ladder down the wall. And that might be a slow, comfortable ride or you could get the demon drop at Cedar Point. And we never know until it happens which one it's going to be. So again, four to one climbing angle, three to four foot above. We don't want more than four foot because then it starts to make the ladder top heavy and starts to make it want to teeter totter and makes it unstable at ground level. And the last thing to remember here is OSHA requires ladders be secured against unintentional or unexpected movement. Now they prefer we secure them at the top. And you'll notice in the diagram, there's a little U-bolt mounted into that wall just above the gentleman's hand that's holding that ladder rail. That's great if we can do that. But what if that happens to be a glass wall? We can't put a, an anchor there. Well, now we have the option. We may be able to secure it to ground. If you have soft turf, you might be able to put a stake in behind that ladder and then run some rope or um, wire from the base of the ladder around the stake. You may be able to secure it to the building itself. Um, I've seen folks take parking lot bumper blocks and put one across the front and the back of the ladder, kind of wedge the ladder in between. So you have some options there. But there are times where even that's not possible. We just poured a brand new concrete driveway. We got a glass face to the building. What do we do now? We can have a person hold the ladder, but you can only legally hold that ladder at ground height. Meaning if you're working in a crew of two, only one of you is going to be able to ascend the ladder. The other person has to stay at the ground. You cannot physically hold that ladder sufficiently and adequately at the top. If it starts to fall, you're either going to wind up letting it go and your coworker and the ladder are going to fall, or if you don't let go, it's going to drag you off the roof with it, and now we've got two victims. So, again, it can only be held by a person standing at ground level. Any questions on anything we've covered so far before we get into our last few slides on new product? All right, so these next few products, again, lean safe ladder. We talked about this a little bit. This is a legally leanable step ladder. And the reason it's legally leanable is if you think about your typical stepladder, when you lean it as a straight ladder, only the corners of the feet are touching the floor. And in a lot of cases, the front rails aren't even touching the ground. They're a little bit shorter when it's folded up. So you have a ladder that may be rated at 300 pounds, but you're now trying to support it on two instead of four legs. So ANSI, we looked at this. We went to ANSI and said, if we correct these issues, can we make a legally leanable ladder? And you'll see here in the next photo, before I jump ahead, though, you'll notice the, the V-notch at the top. That's so that you can center that on a stud, a pipe, or a conduit, and the ladder won't roll right or left. But we also curve the feet. And so whether it's in an open or closed position, those feet are completely flat on the floor, providing a good surface. Now, you'll notice this ladder is dual color. We did that on purpose. Our 300-pound model will be orange to the front like the one you see in the diagram. If it's the 375-pound model, it would be reversed, yellow front, orange back. And that, again, is so supervision and management from a distance can tell it's the appropriate, uh, proper ladder for that leaning application. 
The other thing we did is we put a single-handed release catch on there. So when it is closed, the front and back rails are locked together. It can't separate. Now we also have the podium ladder. And this one sold a little bit differently. Instead of total height, it's sold by the height of the platform. So what you see here in the photograph or diagram is a four-foot model. That gives you an 18-inch flat deck. You can stand completely flat-footed. And now because of that, you can rotate to the side or 360 degrees work to the back because you can maintain your three points of contact. The step that you're not allowed to use, we've removed. We changed the angle of the ladder a little bit. And that rail you see, just like the gentleman at is a small diagram there off to the right hand side. That's about at waist height, which gives you a good stable thing to lean into and make sure that you don't lean over the front of the ladder to fall. We make these up to a 12 foot working height and both 300 and 375 pound capacities also. And again, good photo here. If you've got folks working overhead a lot, this not only gives them a much more stable platform and safer platform, but ergonomically a lot easier on the legs and the feet. We make these trays for all of our single-sided stepladders to drop into place to help your efficiency and help what you're able to do with the ladder. Our dual purpose opens up into a straight ladder. So you've got a 300-pound A-frame or stepladder that can then be opened up straight. This is great for service industry type folks, HVAC, um, cable TV, things like that, where they're trying to handle multiple applications with a single product. Tripod ladders, these, because they are a little deeper in the distance from that front leg to the back, will straddle equipment on the ground. So if you've got a pump or a motor or something on the ground that you're trying to, to get a ladder over top of. And for a long time, this also fit the need where you needed to fit in between the studs, where your standard ladders were too wide. And I'm going to jump ahead here a little quicker because our newest product out is our LeanSafe X3. And this is the LeanSafe we looked at earlier combined with our dual purpose ladder. So this one, you'll see we narrowed the profile. It will fit between a 16 inch center stud. It's a 375 pound capacity, six foot step ladder, can be legally lean, but you'll also notice to the right of the picture here, it will open up to an 11 foot straight ladder. So you've got a leaning ladder, A-frame ladder, 11 foot straight ladder, 375 pound capacity, all in one product. And this is literally only about 5% higher cost than a standard step ladder in six foot length. So that's our newest product on the market, came out just about a year ago. One of the things I really like about the Werner Company is they don't copy other things. We're innovative. We listen to feedback from the field, and we try to come out with new improvements and designs and product that people want. That may, because bottom line, folks, anything you buy in safety, whether we're talking ladders, fall protection, glasses, gloves, if the people don't like it, they won't use it. They'll fight it. And so you try to make it to where it is an advantage to them to have. I appreciate your time and attention today, and I'm going to leave you with my final slide here. Please do not be that person with your butt in a sling when it comes to working at height. And I mean that quite literally because you'll see here this gentleman. I took this photograph from a taxi cab in El Paso about a year ago. As I was headed to the airport, we stopped at a stop sign. And I looked to my left, and this is exactly what I saw. He's about six foot off the ground with a four-inch strap between his legs. Um, that's not safe, and it definitely can't be comfortable. So... There are folks that do these things. My email and contact phone number is here on this slide. I'll leave it up for a few minutes. If you have questions on anything regarding working at height, please call me. That's what I'm here for. I cover six states, but I usually answer phone calls either immediately or return them within 30 minutes. Most of your examples were on the stairs of, uh, you know, some of the bad things that people were doing. What are your recommendations for ladders on stairs? We actually make a product. It's called a multi-position ladder. 
And so it can be put into a configuration where the front rails are shorter than the back and you can actually erect that ladder safely on the steps. There's also a couple of working platforms. And again, if you go to the Warner Co. website, all those products are clearly there. It gives you all of the advantages, features, as well as the do nots with all those products. So I would steer folks there. And again, if they want to give me a call or drop me an email, I'll be more than happy to point them in the right direction. And uh, do you think the ladder industry is going to go more toward the leanable ladders, considering, uh, you know, they offer the same kinds of things, but they're leanable as well? Absolutely. We've seen a huge increase. A lot of companies, as they replace their stepladder, particularly in construction and, and maintenance type trades um, and your installers, why wouldn't you? For a, a few more dollars, you give that person a ladder they can use in three different configurations instead of one. I don't see the disadvantage. There is one major construction firm. I won't name them specifically, but they started a process called Ladder Last Resort, where they've essentially tried to remove ladders from their construction sites. While I understand what they're trying to accomplish, to take away a ladder and say you got to use scaffolding or an aerial lift and not provide adequate training, I think in some cases you're actually creating a bigger hazard. Reality is this, ladders are safe to use if they're used correctly, they're in good shape and we use them properly. You know, we have folks sometimes that you get to that corner of the building, you're going to try to set your ladder up right where the downspot has washed out the ground and so you've got an unlevel surface. You know, a couple shovelfuls of gravel and pack that down would be the right way to handle that as opposed to two pieces of two by four, two rocks, a brick, and a New York City phone book stacked up with a ladder on top. And I've seen that done, believe it or not. Again, it's those situations when people start to cut the corner or don't do it right that they get themselves into trouble. Thank you. We had some of our people said thank you and good information and uh, I appreciate good. you coming in today. I appreciate the opportunity, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, keep your masks on. Let's turn this thing around. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.